Okay, well, I appreciate your willingness to come and chat with me, um, and I will not in a bad way, but through a little bit of hesitation, so I will, out of the gate, um, applaud you for taking a little bit of a risk, doing something that seemed a little bit uncomfortable, and, and hopping in to do this podcast with me, uh, so I appreciate it, uh, but I've been, uh, I, should, I should say, and I've been following you on Twitter for quite some time, and watched those clips that you post, and have been extremely impressed, so... I, I look forward to chatting about kind of your your journey through Rocket League and, and how you got where you are and, and your goals and desires and all of that. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what? I, I was just going to say, it's a pretty long story about how I got into Rocket League. If, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's hear it. I, I want to I hear it all. Okay, so... I was never really into video games um, as a kid. Like, I played Mario Kart, I guess, with my sister, and that was, like, pretty much my whole experience with video games. And then um, in middle school, I actually played uh, SARP, Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. So I am a SARP vet, um, crazily enough. But uh, my friend had a PS4, or PS2, sorry, middle school. And... um, like he had the game and I had like, you know, middle school, hang out with him a couple times, played like, I don't know, maybe 10 hours max in the game. But I really, really liked the game. Um, I really enjoyed it just, I guess, because um, I mean, my only experience with video games was like Mario Kart. So, like, you know, like basically like a car game. And my favorite sport was soccer. I played soccer for like 10 years. So it kind of combined those two things. But um yeah, I mean, I remembered really liking the game, but I never had a PlayStation or a console or anything like that. Um, so fast forward a bunch of years, it's like 2017, 2018. And I remember seeing a lot of ads for Rocket League, like on YouTube or something. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute, that game looks familiar. I remember really liking that. And then um, I put it off for a while because all I had was just a regular crappy laptop for school um but eventually like i kept seeing the ads and i was like okay i remember that game was a lot of fun i'm gonna go ahead and buy it and i spent the 20 dollars on it and like i got steam on my laptop i downloaded that first and then bought rocket league and uh i played it on this tiny crappy little laptop um just like sitting on my couch with a walmart 20 dollar walmart controller i had to go to walmart and buy a controller to do this um, and I just played it casually for a while and like silver, you know, just every now and then just playing. Um, but you know, it kept going and I started getting more into the game and I started playing more and more. And, uh, yeah, I actually, <laughs> my laptop was so bad. It would start to overheat and I would have to get an ice pack like out of my freezer and like set my laptop on the ice pack that I could play for a longer period of time because eventually I'd have to stop because like my computer would start breaking uh, <laughs> but yeah um yeah and I, I just did that for a while got up to like gold or plat I think on that laptop until it just gave out and I had to buy a new one <laughs> until it just gave out 
pretty much like i was getting i don't know 20 30 frames or something um it was comparatively speaking i can't imagine like trying to play on that now um that's yeah. crazy <laughs> so then is that when you got like what you play on now or have you upgraded multiple times since then well i've upgraded twice since then so at that point i was like i've either got to buy a gaming laptop or quit rocket league right because clearly it's not going to work on the type of laptop that i would usually play on so i bought an msi gaming laptop and you know it was really big and bulky but it still worked for school stuff so i didn't really like care that much probably looked a little weird to other people but whatever <laughs> um yeah uh but yeah so i got that and i played on that for a while um got up to i think diamond or champ at that point and at that point i was like like getting really into the game and i wanted to like i don't know start actually playing with other people maybe get on a team or something um but because i i feel like i'd run into some friends in ranked and they're like do you want to like voice chat you know like get in, in a call and i was like sure and they were like all right what's your discord and i was like what the hell is discord um oh my so, gosh this is yeah, amazing yeah yeah so um you know they sent me a link to it and downloaded discord made that just apple earbuds in the laptop still in my 20 dollars controller um i also hadn't played with earbuds before that like i just played with the sound out the speakers like normal so <laughs> i had to go and get those because they were mad at me because they could hear themselves echoing did not realize that would be a problem um and yeah so that's they kind of got me into like the actual scene i guess and meeting people and then yeah so that was the one upgrade i've done since then obviously i have a pc now um and so that's actually okay that's another crazy story if in december 2018 uh there was this gigantic giveaway that GamerLink did with a bunch of creators like John Salmon, Sonscon, all them. Um, it was, let's see, a monitor, this chair, a keyboard, mouse, headset, mouse pad, everything except the PC basically for setup. And I won out of like hundreds of thousands of people. So. At that point, I was like, well, shit, I guess I should buy a computer. So I had a friend like, like online, like build me one online for all the parts and spent a thousand dollars on that, which was insane to me because I didn't really like, you know, need it. And Broccoli was the only game I played, but you know, I figured I might as well. So the funny thing is like, if it wasn't for that giveaway, like I don't think I would have ever bought a PC, like an entire setup. So if I didn't win that giveaway, I don't think I'd be here today, which is kind of crazy. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about all kinds of things just like falling into place. Yeah, it's, I don't even know what to say about that. It's so unlikely. I'm just so, I'm so blown up, like, and so you started playing in like 2017, not even when the game launched. 
Yeah, like end of 20... I have established 2018 as my okay. title, but I had a different account before then. I was into trading a lot back then. I didn't really start playing the game until 2018. That's crazy. And now, where where did you finish season nine, MMR-wise? Uh, I can look. Not season nine. <laughs> Why did I say season... Sorry. <laughs> You mentioned earlier that you just woke up. I woke up like a half an hour ago, so I am also kind of in the clouds. Season one, where did you finish season one? MMR-wise. Um, probably like 1,700. Yeah. I don't play much ranks. Like I peaked at 1,900 um, a couple seasons ago. Um, I've been focusing more on team stuff since then, so I don't really grind ranked as much but yeah i finished last season around 1700 so then you spend a lot of your game time in scrims and things like that yeah a lot of training too like mechanics is like probably definitely the weakest part of my game so i'm really trying to get that up to par tell me a little bit about uh your team situation right now like who are you playing with and what kind of tournaments are you guys playing in? Like, how are you how are you getting time in with them since you're not doing things like RLCS? Besides, I know you're doing qualifiers, but like, kind of lay out that whole thing right now. Right. So my teammates are KX and Vivid, um, and we there's a lot of like weekly tournaments that happen on Smash with like you know thirty. $100 prize pools, that kind of thing. Um, and that has, like, that's good practice for us, good competition. Um, and then we also play in the field. We promoted mm. to Division One last month. So um, there's some pretty good teams in there. So that's also really good practice for us. And then, yeah, especially Division that, One, I'm sure. Well, in EU, it's all RLCS teams, but in NA, like, for whatever reason, people don't take it as seriously. Um, I don't know. I guess that's because of the culture. The NA culture is basically the only thing that matters in the world is six-mans, so mm -hmm. I don't know. I wish people cared about the field more. I think that would be awesome, but there's still good teams in it, so it's still great practice. I feel like in the field, weren't all the RLCS teams originally put in Division One of the field, and then did they just not play, so they yeah. dropped out? Mm -hmm. They just didn't play. Like That's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, like the most well-known, like biggest team probably in NA Div 1 is like Crimson Wings, yeah. or like All Mid, and then EU is just basically every pro team. Mm-hmm. I mean, do the EU teams just use it as scrims? Um, I don't think they use it as scrims. I think they just, I think a lot of them stream it. Um, sometimes they don't do comms, so they don't take it seriously as they would scrims just because it's not the best use of time. Um, but I mean, I don't, I don't know the EU pro teams that well. Like, I don't know how seriously they take it, but I know they stream a lot, uh, doing it i think mm -hmm. so how did you find your teammates the people that you play with 
And how long have you been playing with them? Oh, geez. I found KX in July, I think. So So it's pretty recent then. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, about six months, um, which is recent, yes, but, like, that's a lot longer than a lot of teams stay together at my level. So that's great. I'm happy about that. But I found him back when I was playing. Actually, so I'm sure you know about the WCBC. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So last season, I played under Enormity Esports, and he was on one of their academy teams, and we had scrimmed them before. And, you know, he was really, really good. And when he won LFT, I was like, oh, shit, better pick him up because he was really good and you know it's lasted since then so and then we picked up vivid maybe two three months ago something like that okay so that that one's a little bit newer yeah Mm -hmm. what is it because i know you guys have gone through multiple qualifiers together as well so how do you um how do you like stick together through not making it where so many other people give up and like immediately try to find another team? Um, at our level. So if you want to go off, like, I guess six man's rankings is the best way to like kind of tier list, like comp players, but at the B, rank B, rank B plus level, um, everyone just wants it to work immediately. And that's just not going to happen. So like, you know, I might feel good at first. And then, you know, you hit one little bump in the road and everyone's like, this is never going to work. I need to find a new team. Mm-hmm. And they just give up. And yeah, that, that'll just that'll just never work. You know, like you have mm-hmm. to stick with a team and get through the rough patches to really improve in that team sense. Do you guys have a coach as well? Like, are you working with somebody along those lines? Yeah. Our coach is Josh. He's the coach for the 72 PC main roster team. Um, And he's a super awesome coach. Really good. He definitely has helped us. Do you feel... Do you feel like having a coach has helped you guys stick together or do you, did you just luck out and find people that have the same mentality of you, like want to improve, want to keep going? Like how, what, what do you feel is different about you guys, you all that you just have decided to stick together through all of this? Um, I think we do have that grinding mentality, but I would definitely attribute that mostly to Josh. Um, just, you know, the way he's worked with us. Like he talks to us more more than just about like the gameplay side. Like he's talked to us about that exactly what you're talking about now. Um and all that sort of thing. So, you know, at least I have really bought into that. I think my teammates have as well. So over the over the past few months in multiple qualifier, I mean that is how many how many RLCS qualifiers have you guys played in together? Well, me and Cakes have played in more. 
um, since sure. we teamed with someone before that. But with Viv, with the current team, I think three. Okay. Yeah, I and, think three. And do you feel like you're seeing progress throughout all of them? Not results-wise, but I definitely do think that we're progressing and improving as a team. It just hasn't really showed yet in the results. That's so obviously me playing in like tournaments on Rocket League and like the the Rocket League hosted ones and you playing in RLCS qualifiers are extremely different things and the stakes are much higher, but just like you might get out in the first or second round of a qualifier, but you can feel like you played better than you did in the last one. You just things just don't line up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> what, are, what are you thinking? I, I want to hear what you were thinking there. Uh, I'm not really sure, honestly. <laughs> okay. So let's, I want to, I want to go back to like your progression as a player, because on, on your first laptop, that gave out that needed these ice. That story is just so good. I, I love, I love that story. It's so funny. And so, so interesting that you literally had to download steam to then download the game. I think that's so great. So, uh, do you feel after you upgraded to the first laptop where you, what what did your progression look like? What was the process like for you um, after that? Like, were you still just playing it casually or did you start taking it a little bit more seriously? Where where were you about that time? And how did that change? How did that laptop change how you were like playing the game or focusing on the game? Um, At first, I played a lot more. Not so much to like play competitively. I didn't really know about RLCS or the Paracene or anything like that at all um, when I got the new laptop. Um, but, you know, it was a lot better, like a lot better frames and it ran better and I just started liking the game more and more. So I started playing a lot more like ranked and stuff. Um, and that obviously boosted me like a lot higher, a lot, a lot quicker. Um, to the point where I, you know, got up to like Diamond Champ, where more people are in that sort of scene, I guess. And um, I, I never really was interested in getting on a team until I kind of learned about the whole scene and stuff after meeting some people. Um, but I, before that, like I knew I really loved the game and I wanted to get as high as possible. <laughs> So when you, when you said you played soccer. Yeah. So did you play on a traveling team or was it just like high school? And did you have the same kind of drive with soccer or anything else in your life that you have now with Rocket League? Uh, no, nothing, nothing like Rocket League is like, I mean, I liked playing soccer, but like, I never wanted to like, 
become amazing at it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I had fun, but that was about it. So this is a very new phenomenon for you of wanting to push yourself to greater and greater heights. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a competitive person. Like I would, and I also played golf um, in high school, but you know, like I, I wanted to win and I wanted to be good at them, but like, I never, not like rocket league where I want to like, like do this for real and make mm -hmm. it to the top. What do you think the difference is for you? Like, what was it? What, what is it about rocket league that has caught you? so seriously i don't know honestly i just really love the game it's just it's just really fun to me i, I really don't know how to explain it <laughs> huh that is that's so fascinating uh so going back to the whole like getting to where you are now because were you were you SSL last season? No. Okay. I just, again, like I've just been grinding, training, with the just team. trying to get mechanics up as well as scrims sure. and stuff with the team. So I don't really care about rewards or rank at this point. Um, I'm more just a straight grinder. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So then, what what did it look like? Like, what was the mentality shift or what were you telling yourself or what was the process for you to go from somebody that had, you know, was getting 20, 30 frames to wanting to buy a new laptop to then getting an actual PC and continuing all, all of this ranking up? How did you analyze your game or train like what were all the different things that you did to help you get to where you are um like just like skill and gameplay wise yeah um well i never did any training when i first started playing um i would just just go right into ranks um on the laptops pretty much and then um it wasn't until i got on my first team when I was like champ one or something. And we got a coach, um, not like any sort of really good coach, um, just some <laughs> random person to like help us along and tell us what to do. And, um, and yeah, at that point, like just, it was mainly just other friends and other players that would like tell me a bunch of training packs that were good to do. And, um, you know, when, I feel like once you get up to, like, champ or something, at that point, people's mechanics start getting a lot better. Like, I mean, you can see plats, hitting, flip resets, whatever. But, like, when you get to, like, champ and higher, I feel like the consistency is a lot better and the speed is a lot higher. And I, I feel like it was at that point that I started feeling, like, a lot lower mechanically speaking because the strong part of my game is probably like game sense and positioning um but at that point it really felt like to improve i'd have to start grinding training more so that's i guess what started me into that what are the what are the 
few things or if you could name like I and I know this is a gray area it's it's a little difficult to just kind of pinhole specific things cuz there's so much that goes into it I I would guess but like if you had to say or what would you say are the things that you worked on that you trained a lot that helped you push from that champ one, champ two area to even low GC to mid GC? Not necessarily like where you're at right now, but what what were the changes you saw in your game that helped you start elevating up into the higher areas of champ? Uh it's really just mechanical consistency. So a lot of people focus on the flashy stuff. Like when you say like making your mechanics better, people think of double taps and flip resets, but mm-hmm. it's a lot of just ball control, car control, and just like, you know, always getting those touches that you intend to get, like always having those strong, powerful hits or like controlling touches you can follow up, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. How did you train those things uh workshop maps i think are very helpful um like there's the dribbling challenge or like the aerial obstacle course for instance helped me learn aerial i think a lot quicker than any sort of training pack so i think workshop maps are very helpful at first until you like learn them because then it becomes repetitive, but Mm -hmm. they're really good at like giving you situational areas to train mechanics. Whereas training packs don't do that. Mm -hmm. Do you use free play a lot? Yeah. Free play. Most important. I think for mechanics, just because it gives you the most time on the ball compared to any, other aspect of the game. So then when you really started working on your mechanics, uh, how would you spend time in free play or what were some of the things that you would go through, test yourself on that somebody could start doing right now to improve those kind of more, uh, you know, smaller mechanics that you were just talking about? Um, well, I didn't do this just because, you know, I didn't really, no one had told me this beforehand. So when I, in champ and like low GC, like my free play was just completely zombie mindless, you know, like I didn't really think while doing it, which again is, it's, it's not bad, but it's not the best. Um, just whenever you're in free play, just, just focus on what you're doing. I know that sounds very like obvious but free play is so simple you can just like not think about what you're doing and just still just drive around hitting the ball so just focus on what you're doing you know like when you're if you're making some sort of hit like whether it's a shot or just hitting it at the wall you know like think about where you're actually hitting it and like try to actually hit that spot on the wall or something like that and then just like yeah just as for like ball control um, in free play, just, you know, focus on staying behind that ball, staying as close to it as you can at a fast pace. Um, 
and just, you know, obviously like retaining control and not like throwing the ball away. Cause like you can just bang the ball in free play and, you know, it feels good, but like, <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not practicing control or anything like that. So, um, well, the reason that I, so I went to bed at 6 AM this morning. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was, it was really cool. And that's why I was a little late getting up. But one of the reason the, not one of the reason that I did that is I, of course, thought, oh, I'm just going to play one more game around like three o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then I won a game, lost again. I won a game with this console player. And then right as I was leaving the game, the party up thing flashed. And I was like, oh, that's too bad because they were pretty good. And then I played another game and then I queued into another game with that same console player. And then it, there was another console player. And then we won that game again pretty handily. And again, this is like, you know, around three o'clock in the morning. And then both of them hit the party up button. And I was like, oh, gosh, here we go. So I ended up partying up with these guys. And then we won like, I went from like 1270 something to 1330, which is like oh, wow. champ two. Yeah. And then I went back down to 1300, under 1300, I think. And then one of them was like, okay, we'll play until we lose. And then I got all the way up to 1350. <laughs> and then we finally lost a game. And one of them was like, let's keep going. And I was like, it's five o'clock in the morning. No, I'm going to bed because I know that I have to be, quote unquote, up by noon to do this podcast. <laughs> so. I was I was basically the I was the worst player on that team. And I guess I should qualify that by saying that both of them were playing much more aggressively than I was like they would take uh tighter like they would rotate faster not rotate they would turn faster they were faster to the ball they were getting more touches than I was all of these things um and I I think about the game a lot like I definitely plateaued around the champ one area and then couldn't really I've I've been in that, this area for a really long time. Excuse me. And then, of course, you know, free to play happened and rank got really goofy. So I feel like being in champ one is a lot different now than it was before free to play. Anyways, I, I asked myself, you know, like, how are they doing that? What are like, what's the difference between them and me? And I feel like they just have the better car control. They have better ball control that they feel confident making those cuts so that they can get to the ball faster. And that's not something that I've worked on. Like when I'm in free play, I do just like hit the ball or I'm doing a lot of uh, air dribbles off the wall or just air dribbles off the ground or going for double touches. Like I'm working on that fancy stuff, like you said, where mm -hmm. I'm not taking the time like the the way that I want to, what I want to call it right now is um, small ball. Like that small ball, ball control, taking the quick turns to make another quick challenge or being able to 
turn faster to get ball control again or make a good challenge or take the ball away from my opponents. I can't do that because I don't have the car control or the ability to read the ball fast enough to do those types of things. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel, I feel like that's kind of what the reason that I go into that tirade of a story is because I feel like, uh, that is exactly what you're talking about working on. And that's not something that I've ever considered or taken the time to build on in my own game. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's different for everybody like that. That was what I felt I had to work on specifically because, you know, generally positioning and game sense is what got me to that point. And mechanics was lagging behind, um, which, you know, those players you're talking about, they're also in champ one, right? With you. That's they're the same rank as you, but they have those mechanics and their issue is probably just the opposite. Like they're not, you know, like they can turn and they can do that kind of stuff, but they're probably not thinking about, um, when is the best time to do that and all that kind of thing. So again, it's different for everybody, but what you're saying for you definitely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I could see how these guys, you know, without me being the one that's happy to rotate all the way back on a consistent basis and get to the opposite defensive side of the field so that they can play like that would give up goals on a consistent basis if somebody gets a big clear, gets the ball, you know, out of or into there, you know, if it gets into our half, then they're immediately rotating back while the ball is already on their side of the field. So I was happy to let them do their thing and then kind of clean up the mess or get a good pass, get a good clear to them upfield again. Uh, but, you know, if you have the wrong random teammates, that can really bite you on a consistent basis. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm sure that's why you went on your winning streak is just because you were cleaning up their messes and enabling them to do those ball chasey things. Yeah, except around four four o'clock, I could really tell that I just could not, I could not hit the ball in the net for like an hour straight. It was so frustrating, but they kept on scoring the goals so we kept on winning, but I just could not, I could not do it. So Kira, if you had to coach me on getting better at some of those like small ball, ball control things, things that I can do in free play, what would you suggest to me that I work on or how do I work on it to improve? Um, definitely free play, like just staying behind the ball like staying on the ball and trying to always like have control of it i guess you know like move around the field with the ball rather than hit the ball around the field i guess would be mm -hmm. the best way to describe that as well as just like you know a lot of training packs of just like you know maybe like aerials you know ball moving fast or awkwardly where it's just like simple aerials where you don't like have, you don't like have a slow ball at you and you can like, you go for like a double touch or something, just like find even just a basic like aerial pack and just like straight to the ball, hit those bang on as hard as you can, fast the net every time, you know, like 
that kind of consistency thing is what will really really improve and then even just a ground shot pack just you know hard shots on that every time with the ground mm. shots pack super boring but very helpful yeah i've i feel like working on like shooting consistency or something like that it it can seem boring until you get into a shot that you're like oh this is easy i'm just gonna hit it and move on but then you miss it or you can't hit it every time it's it's very revealing as to how um inconsistent i really am or how incon like it's it's a good test of consistency to be able to go into a shooting pack training pack like that and not hit shot hit shots consistently or to to even go into like a basic aerial aerial training pack and not be able to just hit the ball the same way five times in a row it's just like this ball has to be going into the air differently every single time because i'm not doing something different i feel like i'm doing the same thing but I can't hit the ball the same the same way five times in a row. And that I mean, that is frustrating at first. And then it's it to me it almost gets to a point where it's like encouraging, like, oh, if I fix this, if I work on this, it, or if I can do it in this training pack, then I'm gonna be that much better at doing it in a game. Yeah, for sure. And again, with like consistency, when you're going to training packs, um to practice consistent to, to practice consistency it's never just hit that shot and move on you know that like hit it a bunch hit it multiple times in a row and then move on because you know that's what consistency would be so and a lot of a lot of people will just you know hit it one time and then move on like you know everyone can hit that shot it's can you hit it the majority of the time you know right or every time mm-hmm how did you, how did you, what was it that gave you the patience or the ability to stay in a training pack that long or hit shots multiple times? Because not, and I, I mean, obviously there is a reason that the professionals are the professionals there and the people that are in high GC are there and the, you know, people that can make it into day two, day three of a qualifier. There are things that separate those people, you know, from the rest of us. What do you feel it is about you or what are the convert? Like, what was it that got you to make that shift to be able to stay in a training pack that long or work on things in that way as opposed to just, you know, hitting a shot once and feeling okay about it? I mean, it's all like meditation you know like that's one of the most important things like i i feel like anyone can get really good at the game it's just like the motivation to put in the time to do that which a lot of people don't have um also just like until i had like talked to you know some of the friends that i have now and like people that have coached me um i never really you know, like I was doing training, but I, you never really like think about what exactly you're doing and why you're doing it. Um, so yeah, I guess, you know, think about what you're actually trying to accomplish with your training. Okay. And 
you might not have an answer for this and that's fine. I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on it because especially doing this podcast over the past couple of years now, um, you know, there are certainly people that have said that they want to get better or they're trying to rank up things of that nature. But when you talk about free play, when you talk about training packs and basic concepts of like getting more consistent or improving and they just don't want to do those things. So do you have any thoughts on like the divide between motivation or saying you have the motivation and then actually uh, taking the steps to move in that direction? Yeah. So, I mean, like I've had teammates in the past, um, or just like, I know people in general that like, you know, if they say they want to do something, like they say they want to put in the time to do something and then they just don't, you know, like as for why that is, I have, I have no idea. Um, but I've definitely experienced that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, so what do you think? What do you think it is that pulls you to focusing so much more on the team aspect and working with specific people, staying out of ranked and just doing scrims, doing tournaments? Uh, what what is it that pulls you to that more than you know being the or just not playing ranked at all? Well. The two biggest things that you need to do, I guess, to like make RLCS. Not that I should be the one to tell you how to make RLCS because I haven't done it, but you've gotten a lot closer than I have. So <laughs> um, give yourself some credit. It's either, you know, finding a long term team and grinding with them, or it's six mans, just mainly for the social aspect. Um, you know, like, I mean, obviously you'll improve from playing six mans just because you're playing the game, uh, practicing comms and that kind of thing. But, you know, like what, you get to the higher ranks and you find better players and that's how you get on a better team. But, you know, like those are, those are the, basically the two avenues, right? Like you can't, you can be number one on the leaderboards in rank threes and like people, no one will care at all. Because like if you're if you're not like if you haven't had good results in tournaments or you're not a high rank in six mans, people just won't care and you won't get on a good team. So basically those are your two options. And I absolutely hate playing six mans. Um just because most people are kind of crappy. So <laughs> it's just it's just not fun. Um and I'm always I've always been very like team oriented mentality um so having a consistent team is just also more appealing to me so the player yeah. that you've been playing with the longest kx how mm -hmm. did you meet him um so i played for enormity esports oh right in wcbc yeah and we scrimmed them a couple times okay the team that he was on yeah Wait, so there was a dude playing in WCBC? Oh, no, 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 no. So he was on... 
Oh, he was on an, a different an team. But... Yeah, yeah. He was on okay, in the okay, same okay, org okay. and like the WCBC team scrimmed their team a couple times. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. That makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So you... And then Vivid, where did he come from? Um... Jeez, I don't know, actually. I think, um, I mean, I didn't know him before we tried him out. Mm -hmm. uh, I think just some friends of KX and I's, like, suggested him, like, he was LT, so we just sent him a DM and tried him out. How many, when you guys went through the tryout process this most recent time, how many different people did you play with? Probably, like five maybe do you feel like that's a lot or a little or once I you like... once you played with him you just felt like that was the best fit so you went with it or was it like okay out of these five people that we've played with and we're not necessarily looking for other people this was the best fit definitely we wanted to try out all our options first so um Definitely, I, I I don't know if we tried him first or last or whatever, but we definitely went through all of the options that we had, all the people that were interested in trying out with us, and then like sat down and made a decision and went with Vivid. Yeah. So how does how does somebody at your level? Because I mean, there are plenty of like I feel like my mechanics are decent, and I. As I was saying earlier, I feel like part of it for me and, and in terms of like that small ball kind of staying close to the ball, staying behind the ball, as you were talking about, uh, part of that um, is also just being able to play a little bit faster. But how does how does somebody at your level continue to improve? I think that as you begin to get better, the differences in the games feel smaller and smaller but they take even more time to figure out and improve upon so like what are what are you working on how are you working on things to continue to improve on a consistent basis um from a team perspective it definitely feels a lot harder to improve um than when we first started like at least the improvements that we're making feel like they're they're a lot more minimal. You know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. there's like like we've learned like the big things of team play, right? And now it's just we've gotten that down, and there's not much left to really work on, other than just mechanics, right? At this point, so. Um, like obviously there's, obviously there's stuff we can do gameplay wise and rotationally to improve and we still make mistakes on those things, but we've got our base strategy down, I feel like as a team. So the biggest way for us to improve is just to increase the speed at which we play. And anytime you increase the speed at which you play, your mechanics are going to get worse. So you just have to like learn that all over again and 
get consistent mechanics again at that next like speed of play if that makes sense it does and how do you how do you go about doing that that this is like a big chicken in the egg thing for me like which comes first the speed or the mechanics and how do you because if i'm going into a ranked game i'm going to feel like a butthead if i'm trying to go faster to get used to playing faster and i am going to make more mistakes i'm going to be in the wrong place i'm going to miss balls i'm not going to hit them as well as i would like but i have to be able to go at that speed to understand that speed but then i i also have to figure out how to get my mechanics back to that level so that i can consistently play at that speed how how do you how how i mean i i don't have a very good answer for you other than like you just got to do it right but you got to be okay with making mistakes you got to be okay with whiffing the ball to learn to like hit it again at that next speed you know what i mean so that's really that's the only way you're going to learn is by failing right and it's very frustrating because you know like normally like in the past you've been able to hit that ball and now you're trying to hit it the same exact way but a lot quicker and you're missing and that's extremely frustrating but you you have to be okay with that and understand that that's just a process of learning so does that come from playing games or is that something that can be practiced in free play as well mostly probably from playing games but i mean you can work on it in training like just i guess like if you're going for an aerial like just a basic aerial shot in a training pack um think about like getting to the ball as fast as possible like boosting straight at the ball shortest path to make contact and then putting that on net because you know, like you can get in a training pack and hit a shot, but like, can you do that faster? You know, get to the ball faster, have a harder angle to hit it and like still do that. Um, like the more you feather your boost, like the slower you're going to get to that ball. If you misread it a little bit, you'll have to like adjust or something in the air. So um, that I think would be a really good way to do that as well as... um yeah, I mean, playing once, I guess, is also really helpful for consistency, um, just because it highlights the issues a lot better than twos or threes does, and it gives you more time on the ball. Um, Did you play ones much? I do not. I need to. And Did I you, though, to. like before? Uh, No. <laughs> okay, so you've never been watching... I mean, so... In terms of like getting better, you're a great example of not playing ones and still improving at the game. I mean, I guess so. I I need to, I need to play more ones. I know that I do, and I know that would help a lot. Um, what do you feel it would help you with? Um, just you know, again, just mechanical consistency, just. You know, I, I, a lot of times I don't get the touches I want. And I, I think also talking about at a faster speed, um, in ones, you'll have to like turn quicker than you do in twos or threes because twos or threes can take a wider rotation. Whereas ones, like 
you have to be a lot quicker to like recover and get back in position and then like challenge that ball again. So um, I think ones would be very useful, I guess, to learn mechanics at a new speed like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And it, would you say that's what you're going through right now is trying to learn these mechanics at a faster pace? Uh, yeah, definitely a lot. Have you, do you ever um, look at ballchasing.com? Like, do you spend any time on that website? I don't at all. Okay. Like, I know they have a lot of stats and I've seen it before. Um, I don't, I don't think I'd find any use from them, but I'm sure that you could find use from them. But personally, I don't. Yeah. I would just be curious to know, like, what your average speed of play is right now like where you're at because obviously most people at your level are in the 1500s 1600s and since you don't really look at it like that might not mean anything to you um but for instance like right now the way that i play my average speed on ballchasing.com is probably like around 1400 uh mid 1400s on a consistent basis and then most GCs, like the average GC is probably somewhere in the 1500s. And then like Justin, for instance, or some of the pros that play a lot faster are in the low to mid 1600s. And so one one thing that I have been thinking about is, well, it's it's such a mess for me because, you know, I try to play faster but then there are wrong ways to play fast and there are right ways to play fast. Yeah, that's that's also very true. I was just thinking about that. Um, when you talk about speed, a lot of people think about like momentum and like moving around the field really fast, whereas you should really think about it as getting into position as fast as possible. Obviously, like, you know, beating someone to the ball is very important but getting into position and recognizing your in position is also very important whereas people will just like you know they'll zoom through their rotation they'll get into position and they're like oh i need to keep my momentum and then they'll just keep going through where they should be and then be like oh i'm too i'm too close now and then they'll turn around and come back because they recognize that too late and then you know they're back to where they should have been but they're backwards and they can't make a play on the ball or something like that how does somebody learn better where they should be? How do you learn how do you learn that or how do you get a better understanding of that? Um like how did how did you learn that? And obviously you've been working with coaches for a long time as well like doing team type things, but I I think just you saying, you know, uh, somebody speeds through where they should be because they want to keep their momentum. I, I just think that's interesting. So if you if you could expand on that, I would be interested to hear what you have to say. So I guess to think when you're thinking about where you should be for a play, like you you got to think about the play and what's like going to happen you know like the ball is here right now but like where is it 
going to be. You know, you want to be where the ball is going, not where the ball is right now. If that makes any sort of sense. Um, it's, it's more important to be in position and ready to make a play on the ball, even if you're completely, like, not moving at all. As long as you're, like, in the right position, you know, facing the right way to make a play on the ball, you're going to have an easier time getting to that ball quickly and making a play on it than someone who's zooming around the field at supersonic unless they're, you know, timing it absolutely perfectly and getting into position while they're supersonic. Like, you know, they'll get it, they'll, they'll cheat up too far because they want to keep their speed. And then, you know, they're too close and they can't get up in time or they'll get a bad touch because they're too close or something like that. Or they'll have to like reposition and then be awkward for the play. Um, if that makes sense. No, it does. And one thing that I've noticed, like in my own game, especially when I'm playing, like I have some friends that are GC, like right around the low upper. I don't know now because most of them didn't get to GC this last season because they don't play as much as I do. So they just didn't quite make it there this season. But I, I, I do have one friend that is that got GC last season and season one, but the others are, you know, have been consistently GC before, you know, mm -hmm. the wrath of free to play on <laughs> the rank system. And one thing that I've noticed in the, in the difference between how I play and how they play is like, I will get to a position where I'm kind of like, where I think something is going to happen. So I'm like in a spot waiting for it. But then one of my friends might just come right past me into the play because they have more momentum or I might get beat to the ball because one of the other defenders has more momentum coming into the plays as opposed to me like getting to a spot and then waiting for something to happen. So how do you how do you balance that in terms of like I feel like I'm doing that getting to a place where, you know, I feel like I'm ready to make the next play but then my complete cancellation of my momentum or energy in any sort of direction keeps me from doing anything effective or like an aerial will come and then I'll have to jump up and get my energy moving in that direction. And I'm, I don't get enough power on the ball to actually do anything effective with it. Does that make right. sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I, to, yeah, yeah. I, I, I suppose I said that not in the best way possible. Um, We're getting absolutely there. Absolutely, ideally, you should, you want to hit that right position at the right time with momentum. Like that's that's ideal to have momentum in the right position when that play happens. Um, and that's very difficult to do to time that perfectly. Um, so like. Personally, I think it's easier to like focus on where you should be and then staying there and being ready. Once you learn that, you can try to like time it better and have momentum. It's like you could try like if so if you know a play is slowly developing and you know where you want to go, um, 
you know, maybe try and time it and like slowly coast into that position. If you're timing it well, right. You don't want to be late, but you also don't want to be early. Yeah. So then it's, it's not just about being able to anticipate the play, but also time the play. Right. Which is very difficult to do. Yeah. Well, especially, yeah. And I think the big thing for me, like I, I played with one guy in season 14 that was, or no, it was last season that, you know, was around 1800, 1900 in season 14. And even when I play with my friends that are GC, you know, there's a huge difference in between the consistency in which people hit the ball and how much power they get on the ball and then the number of hits they can get in a row. So, you know, I would very often be shortcutting a play and then watch the ball sail over me just because somebody hits the ball harder than I expect or they get more touches than I expect. Mm-hmm. So in terms of being consistently in motion, it's more of a requirement as you get to the higher levels because the ball just moves farther and it goes faster. But in the champ one, champ two area, like it happens on a consistent basis, you do have to make bigger rotations to be positioned effectively. But there are some touches that are just like little dinks along the ground or aerials that go straight down. So in terms of like, it's it's almost like once you get to a higher level, it's easier to anticipate what's going to happen because oh, people don't sure. make yeah. as many mistakes. Yeah, definitely. And at the same time, it's better to anticipate the bigger plays than on a, get used to doing that because if somebody makes a mistake on the opposing team, you're probably not getting scored on but the if anything you're just losing the opportunity that you thought you were going to have it's not necessarily going to be a negative for your team if that makes sense yeah 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 definitely so like if they make an absolutely horrible touch and you can't get to it like obviously that sucks but it's not as bad as having the ball banged over your head and getting scored on so it's yeah, I, I I guess at that rank, it's also important to like recognize that a mistake is made and also recognize like, well, I'm not actually able to get to this in time to take advantage of that. And that sucks, but like not like get baited into that, if that makes sense. Cause I feel like don't force at least, the play. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, cause I mean, I, I still do that. Like I recognize that a lot. Like, someone makes a mistake and you're like, oh shit, I got to go and get that. And then they recover before you can get there just because their mistake was so bad. You weren't positioned for it. (laughs) And then they recover in time. What kind of player would you say you are? Like, how do you look at the game? What are the things that you focus on in the game? Like, how would you, how would you classify yourself as a player? Um, probably more of a support player um more of a more of a team player i don't really go for anything flashy um just 
support. That flip reset that you just posted on Twitter would say differently. (laughs) I mean, you know, if I have, if I have the opportunity for a solo play, you know, I'll take it, you know, like I can score that stuff sometimes, but if a basic pass to a teammate is the better option in that scenario, I'll do that instead of go for something flashy. Mm-hmm. Even though I could could possibly score something flashy, I'm going to take whatever whatever I think in that specific situation is the best. When's when's the last time you solo queued rank? Um I mean, I play uh, probably on stream. Solo queuing 2 is on stream. Um but at that point when I'm streaming and I'm playing ranked it's not really to get better. It's just to play the game and talk to chat. So as for like solo queuing on my own time to like practice, uh, it's been a while, maybe once every now and then if I have nothing better to do and I'm bored of training. <laughs> so not too often. Yeah, not too often. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I can I can understand the desire to stay away from it. How often do you scrim then? Well, do you do you play the field like every day? Do you guys do that every day? Um, not every day. So the problem with the field is that queues only pop once per hour and oh, the series right. only take like 30, 45 minutes. So it's good practice, but it's not as efficient a use of time. Where is your rank right now in Division One? Because like, is it the top eight teams or something? Top six teams have the opportunity to qualify for the uh, for the grid. Is that still a thing? Uh, no, I don't. The qualifying for the grid is done through um, just open qualifiers on Battlefy, the same way RLCS does. Okay, I thought the field feeds into the grid, but that's different. No, the field just, I mean, the top four have prize money, but the grid just is qualifiers, just like RLCS. Okay, got it. Have you done those qualifiers as well? Uh, Yeah, so they only happen once per split since the grid lasts for an entire split of yeah. nine weeks or whatever. And we got top 32, so um, pretty good. But yeah, that's we've only done it once. What is the closest or the deepest you've made a run into any of the qualifiers? Probably top 32 during the grid. Um, we did, in our, our best RLCS qualifier, we made day three of quals, and I think it was top, I guess, like the 33 to 48 range, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's our that's our deepest run so far. So I guess I'm going to, I don't know if I asked you this uh, or not, but I'm curious, like, so in terms of your own mechanical improvement, like, what do you, what do you see in your game? And like, is it from watching replays or just in the scrims? You're like, man, that is, that is really an opportunity for improvement for me. And then how are you actually working on it like how do you i think for me like it's very clear the things that i need to work on 
like in their very basic, like being able to air dribble a ball consistently or get those right touches. But, you know, for somebody at your level, it just blows my mind to think that like you can even find the little things to work on. So like, what are, what are the things that you're working on and, and how are you working on them? Um, again, like it's just mechanics really for me, the consistency part, like, like I'll know like during scrims, like I'll see the play, I'll see, you know, a pass or a shot or something that I want to do, or even just like a solo play dribble or air dribble or whatever. Um, and you know, I just, I won't be able to do it every time, right? I won't, I'll see what I want to do, but I won't get that exact touch that I'm trying to get. Mm. And that's just, that's what I need to be able to do, you know, get, get the touches that I'm thinking in my head when I go for something. Right. If I can do that, like the, the consistency aspect. Yeah. Just the consistency aspect. So how do you, as somebody in your level work on consistency is it the same thing as what i would do just be in the training packs or be in free play and work on it over and over and over again yeah pretty much exactly that there's just there's just no getting around it you know like just gotta grind it out so even no even even when i get really really good it's still just going to be the same thing i'm still going to have those things that i struggle with and i'm going to have to still work on them over and over and over again Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, like, you can look at, like, the top pros from, like, earlier, um, and their mechanics, like, were the best, and now they're not the best, you know? So, there's really no, like, oh, you know, my mechanics are good now, I can just go and play the game and not (laughs) focus on them. It's just continual improvement. Huh. Well, that... Part of me wants, like... I enjoy that, so it's fine. And then there's, I'm sure there would be somebody out there that would be so disheartened to know, like, you just, you just never make it, right? You get to, you get to where you want to be, and then you realize that there's still just more of the same. Unless, unless you know, like, you get to a point where you're satisfied with how you're playing, and then that's just the way that it is, and you're okay with it. But I think, especially like the way that I'm built mentally and in terms of like how I look at this game, I know that even if I get, even if I made it to the top 10 on the leaderboards or I got to, you know, rank A in six mans, I'd still be like, I messed that up though. And I need to go work on that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the reason that is, is like Rocket League hasn't hit its skills, skill ceiling yet, you know, like new mechanics are still being discovered everyone's still getting better um so that if you slack off on your training right like you're just gonna get passed up what is the toughest team that you have come across what is what is the best who is the best team that you guys have ever played ever um we have played kcp in quals before um, Charlotte Phoenix and Qualls, and we've scrimmed 72 PC a couple of times. How, those, yeah. how did you guys 
stand up to those teams? Against KCP, uh, we didn't. We got absolutely destroyed. Um, What do you feel like the difference is? I mean, it's just massive. It's just speed and mechanics. Their, Their speed and mechanics are just so much better than ours. Man, I find... I find that so fascinating because obviously like watching watching it is one thing, but then actually experiencing it, like having to go up against it is like a whole different world. I couldn't even, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, definitely. It looks, it doesn't look as fast when you're watching gameplay. So, um, I guess that's just, that's just not as apparent. Yeah, i i wanna I wanna ask more about that because I'm just so curious. But i I mean, how does how does somebody how do you how do you feel with all the time and effort and energy that you put into this this game, and then you go up, you get to the point where you lose in a tournament, whether it's because you match up against somebody like KCP or Charlotte Phoenix, like how do you feel when you just get demolished? I mean, it definitely sucks. Um, like getting demolished by a pro team, it really—it's not as—it's not nearly as bad of a feeling as like losing to a just generally losing to like a team at our level. Yeah, at least for me, anyway. Like, I'm not expecting to beat a pro team, you know, not yet, not yet. It's a little very long road, obviously. Um. There's no denying that, but you know, I've continued to improve and I will continue to improve and I'm like confident I'll get to that point. But, you know, knowing that they're a lot better than me, I guess it it doesn't feel as bad. Losing Mm -hmm. always sucks, but it definitely doesn't feel as bad. Do you, do you ever find yourself wondering when you get matched up against pros like that or like a really good team? Sometimes I just wonder... Like when I play with somebody really good, like how the heck do they do those things? Like I feel like I'm making progress. I feel like I'm going as fast as I can and and getting to the ball efficiently, like in my own rank. And then, you know, there will be a smurf in my game or I'll get to play with somebody that's like really good. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like they're on a different planet. I don't understand the game that they're playing. Like, I feel like I'm doing everything that I possibly can and they're showing me that I'm nowhere near what is possible. Like, do you do you get that feeling when you go up against pros like that? Or like, how do you how do you feel about where you are and then what they're doing and and measuring the difference in between them? Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I feel like I don't really get that feeling. Like, I understand what they're doing and how they're doing it. Um. I just, I need to train my fingers to be able to do the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like I I understand how they're doing it. So I guess that it's a lot less demotivating, I guess. Yeah. Because I know I can get there. It'll just take a while. When is, when is the last time or in terms of your training, and I've talked about other people on the podcast about this, like this, um, what's the word that I want to use? 
like the immediate gratification is something that we're so used to and desire. You know, we want to see things fast, two-day shipping, Netflix, like we all want it now, now, now. So in terms of your training, do things just like sometimes click for you and then all of a sudden all that time you've put in works off, works out? Or is it this slow burn that you like, I guess, let me ask you this. Like, do you see yourself making progress on a consistent basis? Do you, do you feel like what you're doing is leading somewhere or like, is it just, I'm going to put in the time and know that someday it's going to pay off? I guess, I guess my question is like, you know, over the past week, I guess even going from like week, month, and then three month time periods, like, do you feel like you're improving? Are you seeing progress or are you just, I'll, I'll just end the question there. Like, do you see that progress happening with the training that you're putting in? Um, yeah, I definitely do. Um, I can, I can feel the consistency, I guess, like stuff is, you know, like I'm getting the touches that I want to get more frequently. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's noticing improvement, the higher you get, like the slower that happens. And I guess the more minute and harder it is to see. Um, and I think that's what demotivates a lot of people and leads them to quit at this level. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. But my okay. answer is yes. I can okay. I can feel improvement. <laughs> okay. That's and I think for me, like there there is definitely a world where people can be quote unquote trained. And I think I would include myself in this because, you know, there there was a month last year, a couple of years ago, that all I did was work on training. Like I didn't Q and E ranked. I didn't play any games. Like I just focused on training. And I don't necessarily feel like I came out of that month drastically better than where I was before. Uh, so I'm sure that there is like ineffective training. So knowing that you are doing things that are actually creating positive change in your gameplay and how to know that it's effective or good as opposed to not effective. Um, well, first of all, any training is better than no training, for sure. So, um, mindless training is still better than nothing, but I think just generally focusing on what you're doing and, like, thinking about, you know, the touches you're getting is very important to, like, to, like, to really learn that and digest that, sort of, um, but, you know, like I would, I would say like, don't go practice flip resets, um, over and over and over again, at least that's not how I would do it. But, you know, you're still learning car control by doing that. Like it's still, that's still good training. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know like how to answer that question, I guess. What, what would your, okay. So if. 
I mean, you're, you're a streamer that is mm -hmm. a very highly skilled player. So I'm sure you get this question on a reasonably consistent basis of like, how do I rank up? How do I get better? So if you had a, if you had a like low diamond player, who's an above average rocket league player based on the, you know, the ranked layout of the past few seasons, how would you, if they want to, if somebody in diamond asks you how to rank up, like what would you suggest to them in terms of like an effective way to train or even, I mean, even me as you know, a champ two player right now, I could be champ one by the time this podcast actually comes out with the way that I play the game. Like, how would you suggest to me that I train so that it is effective as opposed to just going into free play and working on flip resets and ceiling touches? Well, I mean, what I always say to people when I get asked that question is like, it's really hard to answer without like seeing your gameplay or like a replay or something like, cause you know, a lot of people think like, well, there's, there's one thing to, that I need to work on to get from diamond to champ or gold to plat, but it's, it's really not that it really just depends on each player and it's like what area of the game is like what area of their game is the weakest really so i mean you you can you can say different things about like what you should work on for a specific rank but like none of that really has any actual meaning behind it like anything's good to work on but the most important thing for someone to work on is different between people so yeah, that's, that's probably not the answer you wanted to hear, but... <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but that's not going to get me to Grand Champ, Kira. I mean, no, it's not. It's really not. I mean... <laughs> okay, so let me, gotta... let, me, let me ask you this then. How do I diagnose the thing that could be most beneficial for me to work on? Like, as you were, as you were working on your own game, you know, how would you figure those things out? Because I, there, I'm sure there are plenty of people that are incapable or just don't necessarily have the understanding or the skills to like reflect on what they're doing and why it's not working for them. Right. So, best way obviously would be to get a coach. Obviously, that's not possible for most people. Um, they don't want to like spend the money on that, and that's completely understandable. So, I would say, just watch your own replays. Um, what like watching replays both from your own point of view, like you know, like I know you played the game from your own point of view already, but you'll still see stuff that will surprise you. I guess like you'll be like, wait, why did I go for that? You know, like why did I do that? That was stupid. But like while you're playing the game, you didn't even like recognize that that was a problem. You know, <laughs> you just like moved on from it. So, um. Just watch your own replays, like think about your own decision making. And then if you, you can also just go and look at it, like from a top down perspective on the field, mm. um, just general field positioning that might help you see like, you know, like, you know, maybe you're seeing like a cross, like a ball getting crossed across the goal and you're, you weren't able to get it, you know, like you see that play happen, you see you miss or like turn away because you can get to it. You know, think about like, 
well, hmm, where should I have, where should I have been for this? Where would have been the best way to field this? And then I think that'll help a lot more when you're back in game and you see the same sort of play developing, you're like, oh, this ball's probably going here. Let me position to, to receive it. So watching your replays actually works. It does. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Huh. Go figure. There's not just people aren't just saying that over and over again for fun. Then that's what you're telling me. Definitely. Definitely not just for fun. Okay. I will keep that in mind. And whenever somebody asks me, how do I get better? Uh, I will tell them that Kira said that they need to watch their replays and it's serious. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. That's, that's just about it. I mean, there's two aspects of the game, right? There's mechanics and then there's like decision-making and all the mental game aspect of it. So replays will help that. And then training will help mechanics. Whatever you think is your weakest area of the game, do that. How do you feel like, and I don't know if you heard my dogs, but they clearly feel like decision-making and mechanics are also the keys to the game. Uh, <laughs> How how do you feel? I will I will ask you this question and then we'll start winding things down, or I might have to go yell at my dogs. Um, give me just a second. I'm sorry. So how does how does somebody get better at decision making? Um. So yeah, just I mean, just replays. Like, I mean, yeah. Just think about like why you did certain stuff, right? Like think about, you know, if you go for something and something went wrong and you got a bad touch, like, like what if, what if I hadn't made this decision? Like what if I, you know, waited or, you know, rotated, repositioned, whatever. Um, just think about, and decision-making is extremely situational. So just, it, it changes based off of, every second in the game, right? Just, um, just, just trying to think about where you are in the field and when you're challenging, like, was this the right thing to do? Like, should I have gone earlier? Should I have waited longer? You know, it just changes based on each situation. So just going through that and thinking about that is pretty much it. It sounds so basic and yet it sounds very basic, but I mean, you'll go into your replays and be like, well, I don't know what I should have done. And, you know, it it's it's a lot more complicated than it seems. Yes, I definitely. And I think one thing that I've been doing recently that's helped me a lot, I've been watching some Justin replays, like higher level replays. I've watched uh, Shock replays and some Turbo Pulsar replays and watching them, watching them like come up to the ball and then turn around instead of challenging every single time was very eye-opening for me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's helped me out a lot. Yeah. So like fake challenging and like forcing the play or something is very useful. So like mm -hmm. um, if you're in like twos or threes and you're not last back, right? If someone's behind you ready for the ball, like just driving up to the opponent and whoever has the ball and just like challenging whether you miss or hit the ball it doesn't matter um 
as long as you force them to lose possession, you know, flick it over you, whatever, and your teammate can grab possession. Um, also a very useful aspect of the game. And as for watching like prairie replays, that I do think that's very useful. I also think um, it's maybe more useful to watch replays of players like at one rank above you or two ranks above you and seeing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, probably watching pros and a couple ranks above you together would be the best. But um, if you're only looking at pros, that gap is huge between getting to that level. So um, definitely definitely trying to look at replays of that next level that you're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think... I think, you know, as I'm watching a professional replay, it's I'm also putting into perspective like what I'm watching because obviously my gameplay is not just my own personal gameplay, but the games that I'm a part of are nothing like those games. So it's more like how does he rotate or the decision-making part of it of like not challenging or like moving up really fast, but then noticing a play is falling apart. So getting out of there really fast, those types of things um, are what I take away as opposed to like, Oh, he does. He sees that a play is forming. So he's a professional playing a bunch of people that are nowhere near his level. So now he's going up the wall and onto the ceiling and trying to read a ball so he can get this ridiculous, like I'm, I'm not living that life quite yet right mm-hmm. someday maybe okay well i think that is good um so i'm going to start winding down the show and i do that the same way every time there's just a few uh matters of business left over the first one being um any final thoughts that you have for the infinite boost listeners um, you know, if you're trying to get better at the game, think about why you're trying to get better. You know, like, what are you actually, what are your goals in the game? You know, so I think that's very important. And I think people lose sight of that a lot. So I think that can direct like how you approach improvement. Do you feel like that's one of the things that's kept you motivated? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. That's, that's a very interesting idea and a very good one. I really like that. Um, I mean, if you, if you just want to get really good at the game mechanically, right. You just want to be able to hit flip resets all the time. Like that's totally fun. You know, like don't go and like force yourself to, watch replays if you don't want to like go pro or whatever or like get into the competitive scene like that's totally okay you know like it might inhibit you and ranked or whatever but everyone's goals are different you know so don't feel like you have to do something just because of what one person says is what you need to do because they're they're what they say is you know their perspective on at least for, for me, like what my advice is my perspective on the game and like wanting to like get good at competitive Rocket League. You know, if you're not trying to do that, my advice isn't 
you know, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not like it might not be perfect for you. So, hmm. I think you should all take the things that Kira says as gospel. It is final. Yeah, anyone who listened to this, if you find me in ranked and you're not doing exactly what I say, I'm going to have a serious problem with you. Immediate report. Yeah, immediately. The, the flame war just, is on. I'm just abandoning the match. <laughs> she will take that five-minute ban and not feel bad about it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, where can people find you on the internet? Um, Kira double underscore RL on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok. It's all the same. So YouTube too, just two underscores and an RL. The, the, uh, little smirk that you had when you started saying it, is that, was that for a reason? Like you were Kira double underscore. Yeah. I, that, I mean, it gets memed all the time because it's Kira is always taken on every platform, any variation of RL with an underscore or whatever. So the double underscore and RL just, I get memed all the time for it, but whatever. Hey, but it's yours and you can own it. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. Okay. Kira double underscore. <laughs> Don't get it wrong. Two underscores RL. And consistency is key. I want to give you that. Being having the same thing everywhere, important. I yeah, definitely. It, it helps people find you a lot easier across platforms. Wait, so Kira underscore RL was already taken, or you just um, went for it to make sure on nobody Twitch else it had. was. Yeah, like I, I Twitch was what I first made like an account for, so. I just made that uniform across all platforms. I think I could have done it on YouTube with one underscore, but I think it's more important to remain consistent. So, yes, Con just just like your mechanics, your socials, exactly, consisten exactly. consistency is key. Everything, everything ever in the world is about consistency. Amen, amen. All right, and last but not least, uh, a question for the audience. So, something that you're curious about that you can send out to all the infinite boost listeners and they might get back to you at Kira double underscore RL on any of those social medias or whatnot. Oh, geez. I mean, I want to know what, I, I want to know how good Tom's chair is. I was talking to chat while you were gone and they were talking about <laughs> how you just built your chair. So do you want to, did you, did you see it? I can show it to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. G give me the rundown on it. Well, okay. So, uh i just got it on amazon and it it's rolly it's all mesh nice i'm That's a huge good. fan it actually has back support okay yeah i was about to ask about the back support how do you spell tuffle underscore <laughs> this is what i was using before just underscore with the Little I can't hear what too. you're saying right now. Oh, I know, I know, we can't. I'm talking to chat. <laughs> but like the padding is shot. The padding is shot. It's like it. Oh, the geez. bolts that are coming out, so it's kind of like a like wobbly, and it has no back support whatsoever. So, like, 
I would get up from like playing for a few hours and I had to hobble around like a grandpa for a while before I could stretch my back out. Like it was, it was starting to get really bad. And yeah, uh, it looks uncomfortable for sure. I mean, uh, you have an office chair too, instead of a gaming chair. I think that's another big thing that people's like, Oh my God, I need to get a gaming chair, but they're kind of crappy to be honest. Like just get an office chair. It's cheaper and better for your back. Oh yeah. The gaming chairs, like they're, they're such a racket. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, like, I got mine for free. That's the only reason I have it. So. Yes. This like the I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but the fact that and without getting too graphic, uh cuz I know that we haven't like talked a lot or know each other that well at all, but like the fact that this has a mesh seat and there's like air circulation and it, I mean it's it's a life changer. Like this, this chair was such a good decision. Uh, and I actually, I actually tweeted out like yesterday or the day before, if you are considering investing in your quote unquote setup in terms of like your computer gaming situation, a chair should be a part of that investment. Thinking about getting a good chair being able to sit here for hours on end like I do and um, getting up and not feeling and granted I'm much older than the average gaming community member like probably double the age of the average <laughs> so like most gamers are not thinking about their back uh, but that's something that I have to think about now apparently because I'm old uh it makes a big difference yeah i so, definitely agree so i i am very pleased with the decision to get this chair and strongly recommend people invest in in good chair hardware yeah even if your back doesn't suck eventually it will so yes <laughs> invest now yeah so so that it's I, I read a book a long time ago called fierce conversations but one thing that she talks about in that book it's it's about like how to communicate with people and like employees and things of that nature um, and it, doing it consistently uh, because one thing that she talks about in that is like things have a way of falling apart slowly then suddenly like things like slowly get bad, slowly get bad, slowly get bad. And then all of a sudden you notice how awful they are. Uh, and I feel like that is almost how it was with my back, you know, like it was getting a little bit worse, a little bit worse, a little bit worse. And then all of a sudden I stand up and I can't stand up straight. And then I'm like, oh, something's wrong, even though mm -hmm. they've been getting wrong for months. So just do yourself a favor and get a nice chair. Your entire body will thank you for it. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. What was your question? Was your question about my chair? Yeah, that was that was my question. So. Oh. <laughs> okay, so for the general infinite boost population, what kind of chair do you have? Yeah, that's a and, good question. And why don't you have a better one? But you have to actually ask a question. That's me. I can't think oh, of a question gosh. for you. That's All no right, fun. what? Okay. What? Why does everybody play Rocket League? What are you trying to accomplish in the game? 
That's my question. Nice. What is your what is your end goal? Um making worlds, I guess. You know, that's a far away end goal, but I guess that's what it would be. Nice. Cool. Well, uh, I will say again, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come on the show and hang out. And I know that you said you were a little hesitant. Was it was it as bad as you thought it might be? No, no, I, I never thought it would be bad. I just, I didn't think that I would have enough like content for you. And how do you think it turned out? Oh, I mean, I, th- I think we did pretty good. I would say we did awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I hope you had a little bit of fun along the way as well that it didn't feel. No, it no, it was, it was, it it was a bunch painful of fun. experience for you. No, not at all. I'm sorry if I made you feel like I just thought this would be absolutely terrible. No, no. I think, you know, especially if you're not a podcast listener, then you don't necessarily know what to expect or how it's going to go or whatever. But, you know, I'm good at asking questions. And I mean, obviously, people listen to the show, so they trust in my ability. I mean, I trust in my ability to bring the best out of people in a conversation that's why i do this and and continue to enjoy it and uh being at the level that you're at there's it gives me the opportunity to pick the brain of people that are better than me to hopefully learn a little bit and you know give other people something enjoyable to listen to i had no doubt that it was going to be good so thank you for coming along for the ride Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Definitely. All right. Well, we are going to end it there. Kira, again, thank you so much um, for for joining me. And I always forget to say this, even though we're already so deep into the show. Uh, But if you haven't already, join the Discord. If you haven't, I'm actually posting links uh, in the show notes. So come join the Discord. Make sure to drop by uh, and follow Kira, double underscore, not spelled out. (laughs) underscore underscore rl on all of the internet things uh i would greatly appreciate it and i'm sure she would too she posts excellent clips on a consistent basis on twitter they're always enjoyable uh and very motivational in terms of seeing where i should be as opposed to where i am right now so go ahead and follow her stop by her stream sometime uh do all those things join the discord join the discord uh one last time kira thank you so much and thank you for the boost of course thanks for having me